Here we go. Believe it or not, it's October the 2nd in the year of our Lord, 2023. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. You're listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, October the 2nd. And what we do on Mondays is we take a look at readings for the following Sunday that are assigned, which is for the 19th Sunday after Pentecost, which is October the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2023. The readings are from Isaiah chapter 5, that's the Old Testament, Philippians 3, that's the epistle, and Matthew 21, that's the gospel. We're going to be taking a look at Philippians chapter 3, beginning with verse 4. Paul, the apostle. When you think of Paul, what do you think of? You think of a man who was appointed by God to be an apostle to the Gentiles, and that he had went through a lot of suffering as well as persecution as he shared the message of Jesus Christ with others. So one would imagine that Paul would have reason to be confident of his salvation. But listen how he starts off, verse 4. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Now, what's he talking about there? What's confidence in the flesh? Well, what is the opposite of flesh is the spirit. And therefore, what is the difference between having confidence in the flesh and confidence in the spirit? It's a difference between law and gospel. Confidence in the flesh deals what Paul has done, what he has experienced. And he's saying, boy, I'm a lot better off than anyone else because of this confidence I have in the flesh of what I have done. For example, and he begins to list, circumcised on the eighth day. That's what happened with every male infant. He was circumcised. He was of the people of Israel. In other words, he was a part of the proper group. In fact, he was of the tribe of Benjamin. That's one of the 12 tribes in Israel. He was a Hebrew of Hebrews. Now, that's what Abraham was. And so he's really connecting. A Pharisee would really be proud to have these connections in the flesh. 
as to the law, a Pharisee. Now, what does that mean? Well, they really boasted about keeping the law, but not so much the moral law as they were always mentioning the ceremonial laws, such as fasting or tithing. As to zeal, he was a persecutor of the church. And as to righteousness, and that's the righteousness of the law, under the law, blameless. Now, what he means by that is he was not breaking the external laws of God. Now, he was actually murdering Christians in his zeal of persecution, but he didn't think that that was breaking the law of the God because God permitted for him to fight against Christians since they were false teachers. Now, how do we relate that to ourselves? A lot of times you may be talking to a member of the church and you may ask them, why do you think you're going to be saved? And they begin to tell you their confidence in the flesh. Oh, I go to church every Sunday. I even attend the Bible class because even in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, only 30 to 40% of the congregation attend the Bible class. And I've been a Christian from my infancy because my parents brought me into the church. I attended Sunday school. I attended vacation Bible school. I even invited some of my friends to come to vacation Bible school. And as I look back on my life, I did not break the Ten Commandments by outward deed. So in a sense, I was pretty blameless. But then Paul says in verse 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Now, what is he talking about? He's saying that all of these things that I have done, that I have participated in, none of these things saved me. My only salvation was in Christ. Verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss, L-O-S-S, -S, because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. Now that is such a significant statement. It's 
not enough to be aware of Jesus or even to know the Bible. To know Jesus, think of knowing someone who is your friend. If somebody comes up to you and they ask you, well, do you know so-and-so? And you say, oh, yes, I know him very well. What do you mean by that? Well, I know how he thinks. I know how he acts. I know what he says. To know Jesus is therefore to believe in the promises of Jesus Christ. So if you want to counteract what you have done in the flesh, your experiences, your many items that you have done, like attending church, Bible class, etc., all of that one should count as a loss in contrast to believing in Jesus Christ because we are not saved by works. You can list all the works you have done in your life that you would think would be surpassing others and earning your way to heaven but none of them do so because you count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as my Lord. You see, we do not consider ourselves worthy of going to heaven because of what we have done or because of what group we have been in. Instead, we're worthy of going to heaven because we know Christ Jesus. We believe his promises. Paul, Paul continues, For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Now comes the most critical verse in Philippians 3, where Paul says, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. Talk about a great law and gospel statement. Paul is saying, all the things that I have experienced under the law that I have done, none of these make me worthy of going to heaven. But the righteousness that I received from faith in Christ. That righteousness, he says, from God that depends on faith. That is what Luther talks about in the explanation of the 
third article of the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the Holy Spirit, that I cannot by my own reason or strength come to the Lord Jesus Christ, but the Holy Spirit has called me. He calls me either through the waters of baptism or through reading Holy Scripture. And I now believe in Jesus. And when I believe in Jesus, I have been declared righteous from God. My righteousness, therefore, depends not on the flesh of what I have done, but on my spirit who has been filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, we get back again and again to that prayer of David. Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. In other words, I am not saved from the law. I am saved through faith in Christ. And what does it mean when you have faith in someone? You may know a person, but you may know where they are failing in their life. You may know that they don't keep their word. So if they give you a promise, you are not certain they will carry it out. But if you have faith in them, that means you're going to believe when they give you a promise. And that's what faith is in Jesus, believing the promises that he gives, including the greatest promise, the forgiveness of sins. Paul continues in verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now, what does that mean? The power of his resurrection. Just go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, where Paul talks about, boy, if you don't think we raised from the dead, then Christ has not risen from the dead, which means he's still in the earth. Why would he still be buried? Because he's still giving an account for our sins. But the fact that he has resurrected from the dead shows that the Father has indicated to us that we are righteous in his sight. Not the righteousness that we have done, but righteousness because we have believed. And therefore, that's the power of his resurrection. That's the source of our salvation. And therefore, we may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Well, there's the crucifixion. Jesus died to defeat the powers of the devil, of the earth, 
and of our flesh. When we suffer, it is a reminder to us that we are not being saved by what we do, but rather through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul says, when I suffer like Jesus, as he did in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. You will attain the resurrection from the dead, but not because of your works, but because through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, we don't want to say that there are no works involved. They're the works of sanctification. When the Holy Spirit enters you and you begin to do what God desires you to do. Because the introit for this day says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Yeah, you take away the cornerstone from a building and it could fall. And in the introit, and this is from Psalm 118. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You see the difference between living in the flesh and living in the new spirit given to you by the Holy Spirit. It's the difference between taking joy and salvation that God has prepared for us. You take a look at every other religion in the world. They're all man-made religions. They're all religions of the flesh. Every one of those religions encourages you to do good works so that you may be saved. But in Christianity, and you hear this while you listen to the programs on KFUO, you come to a realization that you're not saved by what you do. You're saved by what Christ has done. But then Paul adds this in verse 12. Not that I have already obtained this. Now, what is he talking about? Well, Scripture interprets Scripture. Read the next part. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect. So, even in our state of righteousness, when we are saved by God, we continue to sin. But because of the Holy Spirit, Paul says, I press on to make it my own. Why? Because Christ Jesus has made me his own. 
You see the reversal of Christianity in comparison to every other religion in the world? In every other religion in the world, people want to have their God love them and save them. But it is up to them to do what is right, correct, and obey that God so you can move the God to love you. But in Christianity, no. God first loves you, even when you are a terrible sinner. And he makes you his own child. You become a brother in Jesus Christ when you receive the gift of grace. Paul says, verse 13, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. Wow. That, that's kind of like receiving an inheritance. Most times you get an inheritance not because you earned it, but because of the will of the person writing the will. They decide to give you something. Well, that's what Paul is saying. I do not consider that I made my salvation on my own. I got it because of God's love for me. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. What does he mean, forgetting what lies behind? Well, his life of sin. How do you forget that? Through repentance. Repentance is grief over that sin for the sake of Jesus Christ. And when you repent, that sin is forgiven. And you strain forward by the power of the Holy Spirit to follow his will. What we're talking about here is the life of sanctification. You have not yet obtained this by already being perfect. No, the Christian continues to sin because we have that old Adam. That helps us to talk to people who attend your church and they say, yeah, I went to your worship service last week, but I didn't realize who attends there. There's a person that I used to work for, and he was really mean to me. I, I don't want to attend your church if you allow people like that to join. Well, obviously, we allow people like that to join because they will confess in the liturgy 
that they are poor sinners, sinning by thought, word, and deed, and deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. That's who we have as members of the church. Sinners who are righteous, not because of what they have done, but because of what Christ has done. And so Paul ends in verse 14. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Now, that's very important, that when he presses on towards the goal, he's not talking about, well, I'm doing more and more good works, so I will reach the goal of the finish line. No, he's pressing on toward the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. What is that upward call? It's the call of God to believe in his son who died so that you will never really die and who has declared you righteous because of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, not because of your confidence in the flesh. So when somebody asks you, why are you a Christian? Don't answer, oh, I go to church. I go to Sunday school. I go to Bible class. No, you're a Christian because you were called by God to be part of his family. That's why you're righteous. And we'll talk about that more in tomorrow's hymn. Oh, love, how deep, how broad, how high, at 9.30. I'm Tom Baker. God bless you. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check out to Law & Gospel and mail to Law & Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132, or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.